Hello everyone, I'm Mike Simmons. I'm CEO of WIMS Consulting. All I do is WIMS, my new tagline, thanks to Pablo. I'm also co-founder of Eolium VR. And I met Pablo from the early days of the Habitat, Young Professionals. We started the group together in Miami. We were on the board together, built an incredible friendship. You know, we were colleagues. We've been uh, collaborating on different things in the YP space, hopefully more in the entrepreneur space. And again, we just built a lifelong friendship together. You should connect with Pablo because of the exact same reasons. He's one of the most passionate, happy, insightful, just high EQ, empathetic guys I've ever met. Every time we talk, it's a party. I mean, no matter what, it's a, it's a good time. His lifelong mission of adding value to people is just incredible. I've seen it from the beginning and just to see how much it's progressed. I'm gonna be one of those people who in 10, 15 years from now, is like, I knew Pablo back when, and you should be one of those people that gets to know Pablo right now, so you can say the same thing. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, in my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that, I can learn from him. This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person and therefore has something to teach you and you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel, designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now. If you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you, and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews, some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport, and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. Mike the Animal Simmons. How the hell are you, bro? The animals, right? What up, brother? Dude, life is really, really good, man. How about you? Really good too. Very good, man. Things are things are great. Yeah, is this a fancy office that you rule and pal around as the as the leader, around, man? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I got yeah, got you know, got the little whims logo up there. Mm. Oh, hey, man, all you do um, is whims. All I do is whims. Oh, I gotta steal that, bro. Fuck, how have I never used that before? How have I never used that before? It's so obvious. <laughs> yeah, man. Anytime you get introduced at a keynote speech, you're like, all I do is whims, 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 no matter what. I'm so still that. I'll give you credit, too. <laughs> a, a Pablo joint. <laughs> I just want to see you fly, bro. I just want to see you fly. Tell me about you, bro. Oh, man. It's been a while. It's been a crazy, too, man. Hectic. Uh... Same thing, scaling, growing, like all about the future, putting the systems in place, right? All the same type of stuff uh, that we've been talking about forever. My, you know, Wims Consulting is doing really well. I got, you know, full-time employee now, which I'd never really done since like James and July, which I'd always use contractors, right? Or, you know, and like, or partnerships, yeah. trade, stuff like that. So um, finally, was like, I need like just somebody like number two, like in-house. So that's been good, even though in a pandemic, even though it's crazy. I land one contract and I end up literally getting zero of it. I'm like, it's all been invested into like yeah. pass through, which is nuts. But I know my wife sometimes like, what the hell? But nah, let's see. So that's been good. He's awesome. That's the guy who you just saw. Best decision I ever made just to have like another line of defense, man. Because again, no matter who's an independent contract, no matter how much you pay, like it's not yeah. their shit, right? Or they're not like fully invested the same type of way. So that's been good. Then my other, dude, my, my real big thing has been that my ARVR company that's still like that we did, you know, the emerge of that do we're literally closing two and a half million investor like investments any day now. Like I handshake agreement. We're now like finishing term sheet and shit. So that's mm -hmm. cool as hell to scale. So we're growing that like crazy. And I mean, just, I mean, we had a million dollar year last year, which, which is awesome doing stuff with like, cause when we first had that meeting, which was like, really early in all these things were like some of them weren't even closed yet right like i was talking about them like they had begun already 
and they were like still negotiating contracts. So like we're now done a deal with Mayo. We're working on number two, right? With Mayo Clinic, another healthcare company called Atrium Health, which is another like ten million dollar healthcare firm down here in North Carolina. We've got the Department of Defense. We've got a couple contracts like already two, and I'm about to have another third, a third one, and with some potential add-ons. So, dude, things are working really well. And then with this money, we're just going to try and scale, man, and just keep 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 growing. And then doing the same. The commercial real estate as well has been the one we've kind of just put down for a little bit while we got the rest. But like that's going to be relaunching this year stuff too, which is awesome. That's good, man. I love Shit. it. Bro. I just, just found out yesterday I'm having another boy. Another one. Three boys, dude. Oh man, yeah. I was hoping for a girl, but <laughs> kind of relieved at the same time. Your poor wife, just four monsters running around, bro. Oh no, man. Especially like Simmons monsters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. She's like in shock. I think still. Yeah, <laughs> um, awesome. yeah dude. Family life's good. This is good. I mean, I feel almost like like an asshole because like the pandemic's been fantastic for me personally. Like. Yeah, I don't I want to say it out loud, but yeah, yeah, no, I feel I like, the same way, man. I feel the same way. I feel the it's same kind way. of forced, and I assume I bet you think the same way. Like, force you to get your your habits and like your processes, and like you said, your systems. Like, because like when you're distract, less distracted by all the craziness of like you know, because you know, we, I'd always be going out to events and stuff like you yeah. and or uh, meeting after meeting. You, know, and you sometimes don't quite just get to sit and do that deep work. Uh, we've been given that opportunity where to do that deep work a little bit more. Yeah, totally, man. It's it's definitely created clarity for me as well, man. I, I listen. I also think there has been a lot of things in the pandemic that are really, really terrible, right? Like you know, of course, the, the people getting sick, loss of life, anybody in the hospitality industry, you know, really, really oh, terrible. Yeah. Anybody in the travel industry, really, really terrible. Outside of those three things, most of most of the things that are happening during the pandemic are just really fast-tracked, accelerated trends that yes. were coming down the pipe anyways. And I think the formation that you and I got in those in those critical years that I would love to talk about, right? Like in yes. that like period from like 2009 to 2017 where oh. – we, we really just doubled down on relationships and community and all this stuff. Like I, I, I think, I think making those connections and then on top of that, going into like the digital realm and not, and not looking back and, and letting corporate gravity drag you down into, into covering up these true uncovered position does to win in this scenario. Yes. It's so true, man. Cause you're right. That's literally everything that's propelled me is those relationships that we built from that like decade plus period of time, because mo- all my business, most of it comes from word of mouth, right? Relationships, not being able to go to events and see people in person, all that, you know, not being, being able to go to Miami way less than I usually do things like that. Having that LinkedIn, having, you know, that just, again, those relationships does having already established has been huge because you could just lean on the relationships you already have. Right. Like I think sometimes we get so caught up in the new relationships even me, like being a pro at this, right? I sometimes nurture the new relationships more than like the existing tried and true methods. So just being forced to like, just rely on, again, the ones that you've already developed and invested in. And then having, like you said, a decade plus of those yeah. just absolutely made the biggest difference in the world because we could rely on it. And again, we could also do it digitally. Like, again, I mean, there's people that you could not see for a year in our world, right? Like, however long I don't talk to you or Matt Anderson or, you know, Cameron or like, yeah. It does not matter when you text. It is like best friends again. Like no times passed. Yeah. And like part of that is, that was built on that foundation. Like hundred percent. Without a doubt. Like I like I I tell people this all in the content game. I tell people all the time that it's it's much easier to go from being super valuable to a group of people in real life mm-hmm. to then growing a digital platform than it is to go from being famous-ish or being really well-known digitally to actually people perceiving that you have value in their life. So true. That's a good point, dude. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true because you're, you're, how you even talk to people is completely different when you reverse that. Like we talk to people like we're with them one-to-one, you know, and you value that interpersonal nature of it. It's not like, hey, fans, 
<laughs> you know, 100%. go buy my my Fit Body Tea, twenty percent off code <laughs> Wims kind of stuff. <laughs> you're nailing it, dude. Like you're totally nailing it, right? Like when I when I talk on my podcast or I talk on content, I'm not like, hey guys, listening. I'm always like, hey you friend that I'm in your ear right now. Like right. Uh, this is the question for you. You know, like I talk to one person, right. man. Like it's, it's right like that, that emotional intelligence, right? Like, dude. For so sure. I really wanted to. I wanted to have this talk with you to just kind of break down those years, man. Like I, like I, That's I right. know my side of the story, but you and me, you and me met through starting Habitat Young Professionals. Yep. How did you get to that room? Like, were you already involved in other community groups? Give me like a little yep. bit of background of you before you got to Habitat. Got it. So, so I was involved with a few other groups because I, I, I started young, man. I just started seizing opportunities. I was, this was right after 08. Uh, I was working at an accounting firm. I was in like the marketing business development department, which was like not even a thing for decades before. So like they already looked at me as a cost center. So I was always looking for ways to add value to the firm. One is one part of it, right? Because obviously there's a business and then there's a the personal side. So I was always looking for, again, ways to get involved, make, be, you know, build relationships and just, you know, again, even just tell people I work for Coffin Rawson, right? That was always a win, right? In some in scenarios, especially for people like were prospective clients. But then the other thing is I grew up, Poor as heck, right? Like, I don't know if I can curse in this platform or not, but... You say whatever you want, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Poor as fuck. <laughs> and literally, I grew up in the hood and the trailer park. Like, no joke. I literally, you know, was is just... And got it... The only even way I made it to Miami is from a full scholarship from Milton Hershey, the Hershey Chocolate Company and stuff. And I kind of talk a little bit about this in one of my one of my blogs. I don't, I don't always get too public about all this stuff. But like, so I always... My point is I knew I was always very lucky to have gotten out of that situation and, opportunities that have presented themselves. So I always knew I was very blessed and like always wanted to give back. The other thing is Habitat for Humanity built a house for my sister actually, which was like, uh, which is just a cool, and like literally as I was in college. So like I was kind of a grown up when that was happening. I wasn't like living there and like, you know, a part of it as much, but like, you know, it's my sister and like she got a house from Habitat because again, that's how poor we were. Like she totally qualified and earned it and deserved it. And so I had started doing the Chamber of Commerce that was one I was like big in because we had, you know, my firm had a membership and no one went ever. So I was like, heck yeah, I'll go free. Like I took events. So I started doing that one. And that's what really started me getting involved. And I actually got, it was a lady named Laura from Bill. I think she might still be at Bill's and Sunberg. An attorney. Yeah, she, she, said, the, she was the marketer. She was the marketing person. Yes. For, for Sunberg, right? Laura. Yes, Laura, exactly. Laura Murray. Laura Murray. Laura Murray. Yes, yeah, so yeah. She, yeah. So I'd started going to events like a, a ton, right? So any nonprofit event I was going to already, but I wasn't like board level, you know, I, I think it might've been on the hype committee already by then, but that was it. So uh, hype was the young professionals for the chamber of commerce. Right? Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Helping young professionals gaze. Right. So I was doing that one, but I always knew like, I, I kind of always made the rule one civic, one nonprofit, right? Like one giving back. And so she sent me an email. Hey, we're having a meeting. I thought you'd be a perfect fit for this. She sent me an invite to that first one. I was like, heck yeah, this is a hundred percent of my alley. I'm going to, I can't, you know, thank you for thinking of me. And I showed up. And so I was already deep into that space, but again, not like at that level where you're building one, building an organization from scratch, but two, you know, making such a difference in building, like being in the trances with people. And even like, new people who you're like becoming instant friends with, whether it's in a meeting, like, I feel like I be, we became friends with that. In, that I, I was Instagram IG messaging with Clint today, like randomly, like people you don't talk to all the time, right? Like this, that just, I've become friends for life kind of thing. And, and we definitely don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but like, this kind of like makes the relationship sweeter in a, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And Clint's, um, Clint's got some opinions. Exactly. <laughs> right. And um, so just being, and then the other thing too, that I, that I, think Habitat does really well is you're then sweating with people when you're either building a house, painting, shit, man. I remember installing insulation, being covered and scratching my like, oh man, that was like one of the worst things ever in Miami heat, putting insulation in what I think I had short sleeves, like a moron. And like, that was not a good day. Glass in my arms. And like, it was, just, man, that was wild. But again, you like, that's just such a good way to build relationships because you really become instant friends with people. And then you're giving back, you get to meet the families of these people you're, you're, you know, you're giving a house to. So it's such an enriching experience that like, you cannot emphasize enough to people, like not only the fulfillment of giving back, but the business relationships, like the people I'm still friends with and still, you know, do business with stuff, still client relationships or referral relationships, yeah. all that. At, just what, for that. at what point, Mike, like at what point did Habitat 
start to feel different than the Chamber of Commerce or did it, right? Because I because you were very involved yeah. with Hype, which was yep. the Chamber of Commerce one, and you right. were very well involved with HYP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same same right. moniker for Habitat know, right? Professionals. Did it feel different? Like, were you, when you were in both groups at once, were you taking lessons from one to the other? Were you like, this one feels better than the other? Can you talk me through kind of like your yeah. psychology back then? Of course. So I, I did love both. There was a lot of synergies and, and then some differences too, because really when you're involved from like a board of them, a lot of it, a lot of there is, there's a ton of overlap in the sense of like, what you're really doing is organizing your advertising, you're spreading the message, spreading the word. Like, so, you know, the, the, from the side of the things you did to raise money, right? Because even though it's the chamber, they're still a nonprofit, they still have to raise money, they still have revenue goals and stuff, right? So you still need to sell tickets to events. You still need to sell silent auction items, right? You still need to sell sponsorships uh, to some of the bigger events, right? And you needed to, again, get people to come to meetings. So, so there's a lot of it is recruiting and getting, you know, is you know, really it's like leading men and women, right? Like getting them to act, whether it's coming to an event, you know, paying a little money, donating money, whatever. So there's still that, that overlap where, you know, you'd go to your board meeting, you talk about the critical issues, who's doing what, right? You know, you have your different subcommittees and who's doing marketing, who's do, uh, doing day of setup, who's doing, who's lining up catering, whatever, so on and so forth. Who's organizing the build, you know, that's coming up next month. So there's a lot of overlap. A lot of it really too is just, the one thing I've learned is just, you just got to be really passionate about what you're doing and like articulate the value proposition and what you're, and it's, you know, I, I, I try to equate them like business, right. In the sense of like, what are people getting out of this? Yeah. Okay. Does the fulfillment of giving back, everyone kind of knows that, but like you need to like go make it a little bit more tangible than that. Right. And it's not, it's not just some arbitrary or intangible, you know, you're going to feel better for coming to this meeting. It's like, no, you're going to get was a your- lot of good things out of it. What were your two pitches? What was your what was your pitch for getting somebody not not to donate? What was your pitch for recruiting people to hype? And what was your pitch to recruiting people to Habitat? Got it. So Habitat, I always was would suggest if you're gonna do volunteer work again, not to knock any other, you know, you can go to an animal shelter, you can go to a homeless shelter, whatever. I've done all those too, believe me. I just find doing like construction working in a house is just kind of a really fun way to do it right and kind of a fun way to get back you see these families whose lives are being changed before their eyes right like you come to that property and you leave and it's a different property whether it's paint whether it's cosmetic whether it's you know just uh internal yeah, tangible uh, yeah you see the difference right and you leave fulfilled exhausted but like on a high right so that was for habitat that was that and once people would go to one build it would kind of sell itself right they kind of got that and then for the chamber it's you're working, but it's also you're being with people. Like to me, that's a lot like that. I love like a lot of people I get are, you know, introverts and don't necessarily want to spend time with people, but it's not, you know, I think a lot of people kind of would have sometimes of a, a bad impression on the chamber. They thought people would be selling them or they'd be just, you know, getting hounded to go buy insurance or, you know, a house or whatever. And, you know, so I think there's, you know, of course some of that, but like, if you really just get to know other people and get to know them on a personal level, you talk about this a lot, right? Getting to know what they care about, what they like, what they want, what they, you know, really getting to know them aside from their job or their role or like, you know, what they're doing, you know, that's a great way to spend a work day to me, just getting to know people. And then I would, so what I would then, you know, to go back to your, how would I sell them on it? Selfishly, I would kind of say, and again, not like I'm some, you know, incredible person or whatever, but like, it's done a lot for my career and for my life and like my fulfillment, like, yeah. just like, just come try it. Like, clearly you see me as, you know, a person who really enjoys this. There's a reason for that. It's done wonders for my career, for my life, you know, all those kind of things. So just come try it. Right. So like, I would try to be like a testimonial as well. And like, give me the benefit of the, of the doubt of coming at least once, right. Coming to this event, come to this build, so on and so forth. So I want to delineate a couple of things, right? So number one, my, so my pitch, right? Like when I, when I started with Habitat, very early on, right? Because I had, I had had this experience where, you know, I had left to California and I came back. Right. And so now I had a new group of friends, right? Like I had my friend, my boys from growing up, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the Cuban American posse. Right. Uh, and, you know, and, yeah. and then I had my buddy Gilbert, who is a high power lawyer, who at the time was working at Bilzen and his like lawyer and finance friends, Right. And as I got into Habitat and I got into that world, I started developing a, no, a whole nother circle of friends, right? Like you, Sharon, right. Anissa, 
right? Wernick, all, all, all these people. And I immediately realized, I was like, so the people that grew up here who think they hate Miami don't know this crew. Right, like right. That, that don't know this vibe. Even the people that are from Miami that are part of this, that were part of this, or like they figured it out. And then new people that were showing up to these things were like, "I love Miami." You know what I mean? So right, like, right. Like, tapping into that energy was very real to me, and and I started, I started telling people like, "Listen, whatever whatever thing you're gonna do, Miami's a flaky city, right? Like whatever you know, if you if you're here to party." And people are going to be like, yo, bro, I'll see you on mint, bro, and, and not show up, you know? But if you get involved in these groups, you're immediately surrounded by people that have proven that they care at least a little bit about something other than themselves, right? Like, right. so yeah. if that's, if your complaint about Miami is that it's full of fucking chiefs and like, right. like and, and broskies, you know, like try this. That <laughs> exactly. was, that was literally my pitch, right? That's um, so true. And, this is a little bit deeper Miami relationships. They, they exist. Yeah. If you look. Right. They exist. There's and it. everybody in this room, it like passes that test. So like, right. you're not everybody that you like. It's real, you know. So, yeah. so that was my initially. I started initially. I'd go to because I'm like, oh, I remember twenty bucks, like, and, and I get a drink, you know, in Miami, you know, like, and some appetizers. Like, it was a good deal. But then, what I realized was what you realized that this was the soft skills training that nobody was giving me. Mm-hmm. But we were getting formed in that way, right? How mm-hmm. to lead, how to recruit, how to how to ask, how to public right. speak, right? Oh, like the, that's huge for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to, how to tell, into- which you do so well now, man. Oh yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, like listen, I had an aha moment, man. Like to me, the the second veiled wine, Miami Beach veiled wine society oh, that we had, yeah. that I was that I was the president of Habitat yeah. at the time. And I went up to give the introduction. And I remember Greg Deutsch was my was my VP and Greg's a lawyer, right? So right. public speaker. I remember coming off that stage and like I went up and I was like, yeah, you know, we got a sign thing by Dan Marino, my father, no big deal. You know, like kidding around. Like I had all the jokes already written into it. Like I was like, hey, if you're going to be here, get an MBA from Johnson & Johnson because they sponsored it. And, you know, like I, I, I gave this whole like seven minute welcome slash oh, sponsor slash this is what we're doing. And I came off the stage. And Deutsch pulled me aside. He's like, when the fuck did you learn to speak publicly so well? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess it's just, I guess it's just been standing up in front of rooms and talking, you know, like, oh, like that was great. the first one that I'm, like, I'm getting, I'm getting a formation here of stuff that I didn't realize that I had even bargained. Right. So, so what you're saying of like the recruiting, the, how to, you know, having a reason later on, just having a reason to invite people to stuff made you interesting. Right. Oh yeah. That too. Right. Like you get to, almost like it's like a cheat code of, of being able to share content and be like credible and build credibility. And like you said, be interesting. Like it was, it just, whether you had a personality or still developing it or what, like, right. It was just, it's a perfect way. But the speaking thing too, it helped you, made you level up and develop a personality, get, have more compelling things to talk about. You were just right. Like your joke telling on the statement, I mean, I, you were a natural at it, or at least it seemed whether it was like that in reality or not is a different thing. But like, I definitely got way better at it over the years, just from the reps, like you said, it's all skills. No one teaches you how to do, to do or anything like that. Also, again, you just it just really sets you up for life in a in a dynamic way. And the other thing too is Miami. Like now, I mean, it's still gotten bigger since then, but there's still this massive opportunity because it is a transient city, a little bit flaky at times. You get not to knock it because I, I still love the town, but. I was a nobody going there, right? Like literally no one, less than nobody. You know, I did go to University of Miami, so I at least had that, right? And like, so I made some friends there kind of thing. I used to, but like, I was able to go be with zero connections, zero family money. You know, I had some friends, you know, were, you know, pretty well, well known in the community kind of thing. But like, again, nothing like, not like my family, not like my, you know, where I came from, not my money or anything like that. And I was able to go become chair of, you know, be the youngest board member on the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce in history in a hundred years. Like, at 25, like that doesn't happen in New York or Boston or San Fran or, you know, like Chicago, those old boy cities. Like, so even today, even with this aha moment, Miami's getting, I know we're talking about Miami, even though neither of us live there technically full time anymore, but there was this aha moment. I think you still probably have that in Jacksonville and me in Charlotte too. Yeah. Uh, I've done that here too. And I know you're doing it in Jacksonville where you can go somebody. Yeah. You can go be somebody in these towns if you just show up and that's it. And then all of a sudden you're really, really important. I don't like, and all it takes is showing up, you know, volunteering, getting a little bit uncomfortable, you know, doing things you don't may not think you're necessarily, you know, I, 
the, the one thing that was the craziest thing that I always tell people too, is like how I got also got started. I had a mentor that like, at least kind of encouraged me to do this, do something I never even considered doing. He's like, so the, we, for the hype, not quite HYP, but and even I did this with HYP, but there was a, an opening to be chair of the gala they did. And I didn't even consider, like, I was like, I'm just going to show up and do the bare minimum and just, you know, be like a volunteer and like, whatever. He's like, dude, are you kidding me? This is your moment. Go freaking volunteer and be the boss of this thing. And I did that terrified, not ready, did not think I had the skill set, did not think I was capable. And, but I said yes. And guess what? Right. Like, shit, man, when the pressure's on like that, I mean, you become capable, you become better. And like, so just, you know, even if you're not ready to anyone that might have, you know, hear anything that we're talking about today, just go do it. And if you're uncomfortable, even more reason to, but if it's exciting, a little thrilling, that's what life's about, dude. That anxiety of like, I may bomb or I may hit a home run or I may just hit a single and that's okay too. A hundred percent, man. Like I, I, I would, now you're touching on something else that, that became very apparent to me later in the, in the plan. And it's the idea. Yeah. You get exposed, you get these tests, right? Like you get to be tested and otherwise you wouldn't have access to that unless you happen to work for somebody that saw you in a special way that somebody else got out of the way so that you could take the charge. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. doing it in corporate America, getting those tests and passing those tests and building up those reps and building up that scar tissue of like failure and being able to push through it. Like oh, you yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do that, man. And I never, I never thought of it that way. I always thought of it as you get to, if you get to, you get to put on a gala, you now right. get to impress a whole bunch of people. Whereas yeah. like in your career, when you're in your twenties and you're in your thirties, like, it's like, how many people do you get a chance to impress? Two, three, top? Right. Your boss and like your maybe your maybe colleagues. Right, yeah. right, right. Maybe a colleague, right? Like right. To, to me, it was all about diversification of influence, man. And that yeah. diversification of influence led to the access that we ended up right. gaining, right? Like, it's a cheat code. It's a total it's a cheat, cheat code, man. And, and it's also accessible to anyone. Like there's no shortage of need for people to step up. Like there will never, it doesn't matter. Like I was going to this point of like Miami's moment in the sun right now being the new Wall Street, the new Silicon Valley, so on and so forth. But guess what? Even though it may seem like there's this, you know, no more opportunity left. It's, the opportunity's already gone. Everyone's been sucked up all the opportunity and, you know, as a, like a sponge. No, nah, man, there's still like, you could still go make a name for yourself right now. You could go to, I mean, technically you could do that anywhere really. And just, there's no shortage or need, or, you know, lack of need for people who, can go do any of these things, even if it is something as simple as setting up chairs before a meeting or, you know, cleaning up afterwards, right? Dude, when I first got to Charlotte, even, I joined this group called Pitch Breakfast. They would, you know, it was like a, a non, it was just like a thing for entrepreneurs once a month. Uh, and again, even with, I could have easily had my Miami ego because that was kind of a big deal. Maybe, maybe it's in my own head, maybe not, I don't know. But uh, so anyway, so I started volunteering. And I was, again, there was no one here, right? And uh, I volunteered, even though, again, I could have been, you know, had a, a cocky attitude about this. I was putting out chairs. At 7 a.m., you know, drove to this, to this event, put out chairs as, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs would come pitch to like mentors like, or investors as like a practice round, right? That's like what this group was. So I wanted to be around startups. It was dynamic, you know, and I was literally putting out chairs and putting them away, right? I mean, because there's no, there's literally no task that you're above, right? I mean, there's no that task that, you know, you're too good for, no matter who you are. And um, just, again, just that's, and then again, I was able to start building relationships here but by being able to show, you're just willing to help, right? No matter how insignificant things may seem. It's again, a cheat code for sure. It's a total cheat code, bro. It's the total cheat code. So I want to go back to a couple of things. Number one, it's this idea. I, I also got on that tip of just like, man, Miami for a city that plays on a global stage, you can show up from outer space and in two years be known for what you want to be right. known for. Exactly. Very, very powerful. And and now as I as I reverse engineer that, and I've now done it in Jacksonville, and you've now done it in Charlotte, right. I think it's I think it's the rule more than the exception. Right. Yeah. Like I I think I, maybe in Boston and New York and San Francisco, it's different. Or in LA, right? Like outside of that, man, I'm pretty sure that every city in America has like our generation now, right? We're like right. pushing for, I'm 40, right? You're pushing 40. I'm pretty sure that if I was still in Miami and I was, you know, on the board of the Beacon Council and whatever, that 25 year old that showed up wanting to put away chairs, I'm ready to nurture, man. You know, because yeah. oh, for sure. Because the people that are in that position are always looking at who's my replacement, bro. I can't right. volunteer in this thing forever. So it's always an open door. <laughs> right. 
Exactly. And you see a little bit of yourself in them too and want to nurture that. By the way, I'm 34 pushing 35, but it's the, it's the hairline, bro. It's, uh, I'm trying to, trying to get it back. Man. Next just, time I, I do this, I'll have plugs. You know what it is, is that I assume I'm younger than I am and like that my friends are all way younger than me, right? So, like, I love it. No, yeah. so, uh, but what you touched on though is so true, man. There's this, no matter what, there's still this void and starvation for leaders, man, for like leaders. And again, I think some people tend to think they have to go from, you know, uh, zero to a hundred overnight, instantly. Like I'm either not leader now I'm leader or like there's, they don't realize there's this massive progression that has to happen. It's massive leveling up. Like, you know, you couldn't quite, you know, like it, it has to happen over time. Right. Cause you, you, you face different levels of challenges as you like climb above, right. Like things that would cripple you at 25 by 28, it's easy. But then you get a whole new list of a host of challenges and, you know, it, or if you're managing events for 15 people, then when you level up to 50, it's a whole different ballgame, right? So like there's this progression that has to happen. And like, I think people tend to think of this as something they do later in life. Like they're just going to all of a sudden wake up 40 and be a leader. And it's like, no, nah, it's a skill you have to get better at and, and you got to seize opportunities for it. And, and I don't think the world will ever have too many leaders or not enough, you know, opportunities to be involved in somewhere or not you know there may be some like old boys clubs that exist still that are you know you are not able to break through but again i think that's the exception like like you were saying before i mean yeah that, that's just the way i look now, at it now that you describe it like that and with my new like obsessive terminology over like jim collins I, it is kind of like a flywheel right like it is yeah it is more you invest in like refining your leadership right. at a certain point you're gonna wake up and you're like dude i got this you know like right. it, it, it makes a lot of sense man i, w- I want to go back so you said you said at some point you were telling people it's done wonders for my career. Yeah. At, w- at what point did you tangibly feel it in your career? Give me some examples about that. Okay. All right. So I went through this, again, this transition. I read this book called uh, Lynchpin. Well, two books that changed my life. One was Never Eat Alone. The other was called Lynchpin by Seth Godin. And it just, the whole point of it was, again, I was in this like, oh, wait, you know, I was lucky to, you know, still get up my job and all that. And I was like, how do I just add a lot more value? And so I started to get creative of like, how, what does this firm need? What can I do? What can I like do to like, not just that people notice that I'm like, you know, trying to like, you know, suck up or whatever, but like, how can I help this firm in a way that, you know, I can't bill hours necessarily yet. Eventually I was able to, of course. And like, so I kind of really invented my own job and career. And part of it was by being out in public, you know, again, just, you know, beating the drum for Calvin Rawson and, and then also being you know, building relationships. I, you know, even when we would host events at our place, I'd be greeting everyone at the door, have the name tag ready, you know, pointing right where, you know, here's where the cocktails are. Here's where the food is, you know, just being a host, right. Building those relationships. So everyone eventually began to know who I was, right. For one thing, I was doing the internal newsletters. Like I was literally just trying to make sure everyone at my firm knew who I was. Cause you know, they'd get in the audit silo or the accounting silo, tax silo, you know, and people kind of knew their, like you said before, their own community, right? Their boss, maybe and like just their colleagues. But I was like, nah, you got to make sure everyone, one knows who you are and what you're doing and how hard you're working. So those were like important things where I was just like, go introduce yourself to everybody, right? No matter how awkward and weird it is. And they're like, why is this dude for marketing? Like, you know, in my face right now, you know, I go hand deliver gift bags, right? For new employees and stuff, it's little things that like, Cause that's one thing is just, you know, making sure people know who you are. And like, again, the, and then you can kind of show them how you add value. The other thing was not even just the getting involved in YP groups and things like that, but just, just from a leadership, from a career development side, saying yes, as much as you possibly can, even if you have to spend a late night figuring it out, even if you're not quite ready to do it, or, you know, even if it's something you're not fully confident you can do solving other people's problems, man, like that, that's one thing. That's another thing that applies both to career and YP stuff, right? Solving people's problems, right? One of the YP problems was the big board, you know, needed to raise more money, right? Or wanted to raise more money and grow and build the pipeline, right? So they valued new potential leaders and, you know, new funds for the organization, right? Same thing with the chamber, so on and so forth. So like you start to find what people's problems are, right? It may be they need a realtor or a lawyer, or, you know, they need to be better at making content online or hey, they may hey, need dude, to raise more funds. You got my taxes done for free one year. I, I'll never right. forget. <laughs> See, <laughs> for free, right? For free. Exactly, right. It's so true, man. I, for, I forgot about that. So you do little things like that for people. And right. Cause I'm like, on one hand, I could, you know, you could have charged whatever, you know, and again, not to say 250 bucks or hundred bucks, whatever is meaningless. No, everything, exactly. Every I, dollar I, counts. You saved me 300 bucks and I love you for it, bro. But, but I was like, and, and when you see those opportunities, and I, I always look at it this, like, 
and I hope other people do too. It's not always about what have you done for me today or like, what am I going to get out of this? I was like excited to go get that done for you too. Like I was excited for the chance to just do a favor for my friend who, and with zero expectations of anything ever in the history of, you know, coming back for, for it. And I think when people do that and they approach life that way, just doing things for people, right? Whether it's not always about the almighty dollar, when you can, because I get, you know, people have bills and stuff too. But even then, even when you do it, when you may not necessarily should, like I was broke at that time too. And I probably like, you know, any little bit count. But when you do those things, it comes back, man. It, it always comes back. And so I'm being really long-winded to just try and say, fine. It, it really comes down to two words, you know, adding value and well, for and solving problems, right? Add value, solve problems. I always tell people those are my four freaking favorite words, model for life for business and all the, and doing those. So that's where it helped my career. They, people would come to me to help, you know, so help find solutions, not give problems, right? And so my firm noticed, they would see me in, you know, just even my picture in, you know, Miami Today, whatever, at an event or- Or your name in the Herald when you wrote an op-ed in right. the Herald. That. The, yeah, my name in the Herald. Or the best thing I always would get was a, a partner from another law firm or something would go back and send an email or a text or whatever, or call, uh, a partner in my firm and say, Hey, I just met one of your guys, Mike Simmons last night. He was freaking incredible. You should be really proud of him. Like, I had such a great impression. So, and then it would trickle down. Right. To, so that would be the best when like someone else, cause these busy ass partners from law firms or, you know, whatever, or banks are busy, but they would take the time again. Cause I think they see that leadership and, you know, and again, it's just going, it goes back to, you know, paying it forward and giving back and stuff. They'd see that in you and nurture you. So, you know, it's our job to do that for the next generation and so on and so forth. But all those little things is what helps your career. Just people giving you a pat on the back. They see you doing this. They see you working on a Saturday when you don't necessarily have to, or they see me, you know, see us investing our Saturdays at a build. Those things add up and they transcend into your career because they just, it just elevates people's impression of you and their trust in you. and, And at the same time, it leads to more challenges and opportunities and, you know, more problems that they ask you to help solve, which is a good and a bad thing, but overall good. I think. Yeah, man. I love this conversation with you, man, because it's, it's funny to me to think of the dichotomy of everything that was happening. Cause we were out there impressing people 25 years older than us. I was really established in Miami, but behind the curtains, we were animals. <laughs> like we're talking about, you know, we're, we are, we are, we are expressing this. This was like one big deliberate game plan. I know. I think, I think the reality of it At was the time just, it was it. Yeah, we just naturally went with what felt good. This seemed like right. a good thing to do. And as we were doing all this stuff, all these lessons were really starting to hit. Man, I, you know, what the big. The big takeaway that I took out of that whole period is what you just said, the add value piece, right? Like I, I very much at like 31, 32, after a couple of years at Habitat and being on the board of Habitat and be like, well, what do I talk to Habitat board members about? I very quickly, at one point I'm like, okay, well, I can't be Ace Ventura bachelor party frat guy here. So what am I going to do? Right? Like, and, right. And, and I'm like, I guess I got to turn into, I got to just do what these people do, which is add value, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that, like it was very much an outside of the body experience for me. And I got to approach conversations less of like, I'm going to walk in with this one liner and more like, I'm going to walk in and find out who this person is and what they need. Right. Um, right. What was your growth? through? Did you have a moment like that? Did somebody tell you yeah. that whole add value, solve problems thing? Like, how did you figure oh, it out? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's an important, you, you also said something that's important to like, almost have as a disclaimer. We had a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that side of the value prop. Yeah. We had a blast. We partied our faces off in Miami in our 20s and 30s. So like, yeah, it was a good time. In addition to this, giving it right, it wasn't as methodical as I think we're making it seem now. Yeah. A lot of it was just, let's go have fun with cool people that are like-minded and want to give back. And also we're having a good time, right? So it was a li- that was a part of it. And we can't- 100%. Uh, we can't downplay that because that makes it worth it too, man. It's the, it's the sweet 100%. part of life, right? So, okay. So how did I get there? I did transcend and, you know, a bit and, and uh, evolve along the way because in the beginning or even, even along the middle, plenty of times, right? I sometimes would go into that, you know, 20 some year old and just, you have too much fun at a gala or too much fun at a party, get too drunk or so on. So I definitely had that moment plenty of times, right? I was embarrassed myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And would go in the next day and be like, oh, what did I do? What did I, what did I say to who? So I had those moments too. Don't get, like I said, I'm far from perfect. But you started to just learn along the way. Like, all right, I, you got to be a little bit better than the last time, be a little bit better than the last time. And like, I did also have a lot of good mentors who would 
uh, articulate that to me too. And you, you also would learn there's a time and place, right? At the gala, while your tie's still on, maybe you want to behave a little bit better. If you go to an after party, the tie comes off. You can, you know, that, there's a time and place for like when you could be, you know, not to be fake or anything like that, but I'm saying there's, you know, you start to learn those things, right? Where be on because you need to remember, you need to be and remember who you need to follow up with, who you need to add value to later after the events, right? And things like that. So, and then also leave a good impression, not look too sloppy. And I've definitely looked sloppy many times. I cannot say I have it, right? I gotta be honest. But part of it was mentors, but then also was observing, right? Just looking at, you know, other people, these are the people you want to be like, right? One day, right? And so you kind of see who's doing what, right? Who's drinking club soda, at the event versus wine or, you know, or like, you know, taking tequila shots, right? And then at the same time, you know, or who's, you know, oh, they're doing a drink and a water. Oh, okay, that might be a good technique I should apply, right? <laughs> or eat first, yeah, that's another good one. Now I'm teasing a little bit about behavior, but you start to observe these people. You'd also ask, I'd also ask a lot of questions too, man. Like, I, like when you're having these conversations, I find one thing too, when you're talking to people 25 years old, they want to give you advice too. And one good thing that not only do they want, you know, do you want to add value to them, but they want, like, they love when you ask questions about their life, what they do and how they got there. And like, people love to talk about themselves, right? Obviously blabbing away like a maniac today, because sometimes it's fun, right? And that's fun, man, especially if we live the glory days that are luckily still here for both of us. But you, people love to, to give you advice and to tell you what they did and how it worked. And so that's one theme that re, like literally, like, because again, I've read every book, I've, you know, watched every movie, listen to every podcast, webinar, you know, all these things, you know, keynote. And so, and I know you have too, because we've done a lot of the same and we've been having this conversation for 15 years, you know, which is still as fun as the beginning those kind of key points and i know you say them all the time too bad value like that's really what it comes down to the two words out of everything i've learned and ever like it's you know in anything business otherwise you know life relationships those things matter even to my wife i try and add about more value to her than you know like like my kids you know just trying and value may not be monetary it may be just a little more love you know taking out the trash you know or like doing the dishes when they you know maybe tired those kind of things right that's value value as many forms but but i think a lot of it was just learning from other people and, yeah. uh, and observing and that's really where that that lesson shined through and uh, again it's just always comes back to that again man this this conversation to me is so nourishing bro because it's it really is like am i crazy or did everything that i believe in form in those periods but like yeah. the fact that you have come to the same conclusion to me is, is, is very eye opening and, 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 and even very similar language, the way that we describe it, right? right. Like it really, it really is mind blowing. And the other thing that I find really impressive, Mike, is I forget how much younger than me you are, right? So literally the moments that I'm describing of, of aha moments, I was your age, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. So the idea that, dude, if you are, you're like six years ahead of the game in, 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 in how I perceive it, right? Like, like it's, it's really, really impressive, man. And, and, and on top of that, right? Like I got there on third base, you know, like I got there from a wealthy family that I came up in Miami and you were able to like build all this stuff, parachuting in from a family without means and figuring all this stuff at a young age. And it just, to me, it speaks to the power of that environment of surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with those types of people and what you can achieve, man. And I'm just really, really impressed by you, bro. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm so happy that we're having this conversation. dude. Appreciate it, bro. Likewise. I, every time we talk, I geek out and like, just get this, this heart, like, Heart-filled, like just you know, just warmth of like this is so much fun. We uh, we you know, a fisherman sees another fisherman from afar, kind of thing, right? Like I think from the day one that we met, we've been friends, right? I think literally day one on, it was just like instant. And and again, I I think also we, you know, we we see and talk about because we've done a lot of the same things and right? we've been going to to battle together for a lot of these a lot of, even that you know since we both moved years ago. We still find ways to, to connect, you know, along the way. We see each other when, when we're in Miami. You know, uh, we've gone out of our way a couple times to do things. Host event joint there. events when we're both exactly. in Miami at the same time exactly. and still pull on the network. That was dope. Right. That was dope. I'd love to do that again. I can't wait till we can, right? In. I'll triple mask if I have to, whatever, man. You know, I, I think the it. next Emerge Americas, we have an after, uh, a pre or after. We have our own yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. Done. All right. Committed right now. Done. I was already scoping tickets, man, so I'll be there. All right, yeah. let's do it. I will start um, playing. The other, the other piece, man, because the other thing that I haven't called out that we've that you've said multiple times that you just went back to and tagged is this idea that it is so much 
you build much deeper relationships when you're in the shit with people. Right. So yeah. like when you're, when you're going through common experiences, man, like after college, like I, I've been telling people that this is the golden age to connect because coronavirus put us all into freshman year of first week of freshman year of college, right? Like nobody's right. been in this context before. It doesn't matter who you were before this, you're getting affected equally. Right. <laughs> you know, like, so, so, so it doesn't matter who you were in high school, you know, like, so, so I think that after, after those experiences, after college or grad school or whatever, your last like formalized, structured, finite game that you were playing before you entered the right. infinite game, right. you know, like, like you creating those moments where you get to build something with someone, you get to, you know, be vulnerable with people and go through a learning experience with people really does create these really, really deep relationships. And for us, it was starting a young professionals group from scratch, right. trying to, trying to pull off an event, you know, try mm-hmm. to raise 10 grand for something like right. that's, that stuff's not easy, man, but doing it together, you know, like that, that, that to me, and and then doing it with you and then doing it with people that are 20 years older than us at the on like right. on Paul, right? Like it levels out the playing field, man. And that that really is what drives the relationship building. And now you and me are brothers in arms in entrepreneurship, right? So like now right. we're not in the same place, but we're going through very similar like right. mental hurdles and roadblocks and time blocks and whatever. It's true. I remember uh 10X Growth Con, right? We're both like in this weird transition like crisis a little bit right like we've got new businesses but they're going well they're also going terribly like you know and it's just in between like yeah, your, yours was going well mine i had no I idea mean, what i was doing right yeah me either really <laughs> like i was like you know surviving let's just say that right for a while there barely a lot of overdraft fees and such but like i think we you know that's the thing about that doing battle together right when you're commiserating and like learning and like we talked a lot you know i just remember about what was working for you what kind of wasn't you know, and we were able to share those pros and cons also have a little bit of fun together just you know be able to forget the stress of the day-to-day trying to make a business work for a little bit right yeah. so i think and, that those and tap and we ta- and at that moment we tapped into our existing relationships that we had right. to have an event to put us on a pedestal right. growth con like it was that was awesome exactly yeah. right and then yeah and then all of that then led to the emerge i think it was like the year after me or like right after right like six months after. was that year emerge was yeah that year yeah it's two months after right we both came back we did that event together you were freaking doing videos like all day like yeah. i still have that video that um that we did together like so it's just funny to see again even though we're you know we, we you move away you the people you you know really and that's the other thing too is i i this almost, it's made it better and worse to pandemic in the sense of like, there's so many people I do wish I could keep in better touch with and, you know, and like paying more often and things like that. And I think social media sometimes is like, you feel like you are, but you're not right. Like a like on a post is like kind of a cop up, but you feel like I'm still talking to Pablo or I'm still talking to Sharon or whatever. You know, it kind of is, but it's valuable. It's valuable because like it's your name and you're incepting in the brain and stuff. But I do miss and can't wait to get back to it. Like, and I think also too, being in this building a business stage, you sometimes have to be a little selfish. I, I, I'm like, I'm just, I, I feel like I'm, I'm dying to get back to that transition of like being able to really, really go back and give back way more and more and more. And it's not to say I I don't, but definitely not like. And again, also you have more time when you're younger and you know less commitment stuff, so you can. But. I think this building a business period, man, like I'm, I'm trying to contextualize it, right? I don't have kids, but I have plenty of nephews and nieces, but you I, got parents, I, you got a wife, like, yeah. Yeah. But like, but I'm just saying like, like right now, like my mom, my mom just got operated. I'm going to go back to Miami to help support, but I'm like, listen guys, I'm going to come help support, but I'm going to support from like 6 PM to 10 PM. If you want me right. to do stuff, I can't be, I can't be like taking my mom to get an MRI at like 11 o'clock. Cause I'm building a business the same right. way that the same way that when my sister had a newborn, I was like, Zeus, I need you to walk my dog, bro. You know, like it's not going right. to happen, you right. know? So like, I, I see it kind of the same way, man. Like I, I, I really see my business as a baby. Like you really it have is. to nurture it the same amount. It takes up just as much time. You know, like you're thinking about it at night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, always, um, always. So, so, so that's why that's why I'm like doubly impressed with you. Like you're like populating the earth and having kids and building a business and moving to a new place. But again, the same blueprint, the same thing, the same concepts. You're re- you're applying the same pattern recognition, right. and and now that pattern recognition is 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 there. You have a well that you've built already that you can call on to help bolster you. And now right. you also know the formula that you're continuing to apply and continue to, to continue to move forward. And that 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 brings it full circle. I was just gonna say the, that's like what you had talked about. There is a formula to this that you've you know that I can't wait to see how you I, I've seen how you've articulated along the way, but like when this book comes out and so on and so forth, I can't wait to read like 
just you know the, and get inside the mind of Pablo because it's a it's a formula. I feel like if if you dropped either of us wherever Austin, Texas, you know Omaha, Nebraska, like Indianapolis, wherever, man, like Juneau, Alaska, we're gonna come out the same thing because it's a formula. It's a simple formula, and most of just you know it does take effort. It's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not you know, but anyone could apply it, right? I mean, it's it's just. Again, I, I would never certainly knock anyone because, you know, whether if you love Netflix videos, whatever your thing is of being like, you could do all those things, but like, there's something about the, the, the you know, fulfillment you get from li a life like this of like, just trying to do more for other people and giving back. And it's just, it's just so rewarding. And like, you know, it's, it's something I would highly recommend that everyone to try. And again, there's different ways you can do it, right? Even if you're an introvert, just get creative, right? Like I know, you know, we, we I used to coach, you know, just young professors at my old firm, right? you know, for business development stuff, right? You don't have to go to events. You can just go write blogs or share, you know, insight into, you know, new tax code and what that means for people. You could do things from afar. Although nowadays you, you could probably be a, a freaking mental health counselor if you're playing video games since it's like all community-based. So it's not like that's even really a bad thing either. And that's a job now too. So I, I shouldn't even have brought that up as an example. Cause again, I know people are getting, I know a few people are getting rich from playing video games, but it's just one of those things where at least if, if you know, what I would impart to other people is just try and spend some time with other people, adding value, giving back, you know, whether, whether it's charity, otherwise, just try it, see what it does for you. I mean, again, it doesn't matter what business you're in, man. You can be selling flowers. You could be do a caterer. You could be in the construction business, accounting business. It works for everybody. It works for everybody. And, and it's just, I don't know, man, part of, part of living a, a, a part of living a good, fulfilling, like well-rounded life. And, and it's fun. And, and it's a lot of fun, man. Amen, sure. brother. Mike, thanks for doing this with me, buddy. Like, like I, like I've said it like three or four different times, man. But like, literally, this is this is my favorite conversation with my favorite person to have it with. You know what I mean? Likewise, like, likewise, dude. I was looking forward to this all week. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, real, yeah, 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 right. I was because I knew. I know. Also, it's five forty-one on a Thursday. I'm gonna go crank out like six hours more of work because I feel like that was like three cappuccinos. Yeah. Like back to back, man. Like uh, this is like this just gets me going, and like it's just like fulfills my soul, man. I appreciate, it, brother. All right, bro. All right. The key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage, where you can have conversations with people, getting to know them, understanding their value, and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record-breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go to connectwithpablo.com.